Welcome to a not so special, but kind of special episode of the Neuroaffirming Parent Podcast. Once again, I am your host, but this week I am a newly 31-year-old neuroaffirming parent, so it's not actually a special week, it just happens to be my birthday week. And so to celebrate, I figured that we could explore a unintentionally controversial but captivating topic, which is cosmology, pattern recognition, astrology, a little bit of string theory, and how I connect it or how I think I connect it to neurodiversity. You can let me know in on social media or in the reviews. So first of all, why am I interested? And the truth of the matter is I am a Scorpio, but on a cusp. So I have a little bit of Sagittarius traits. And I'm sure when you hear this, you're like, ugh, an astrology girly, ooh, horoscopes. Like, what is she talking about? Um, It's not just memes, even though the memes are hilarious. I love to follow social media Scorpio meme accounts. If you send them to me, I will love you forever. But they are hilarious and very true to me and my marriage because I'm a November Scorpio and my husband is an October Scorpio. And unless you follow horoscope or astrology, you probably wouldn't even know there's a difference. Um, But it is hilarious, like the little differences. Um, But let's go back a little bit further because when we talk about pattern recognition, especially with neurodiversity, the main thing that pops in my head because I have the neurotype of dyslexia is this ability to see the connections that not everybody else can see. And I got a really wonderful book, uh, Shopping for My Kids, like I do all the time. I go to Ollie's for homeschool books. But I found this book called Cosmology, Everything You Need to Know to Master the Subject in One Book. And I was like, uh, that's calling my name, right? And so when I open this book, it just screams like wonderful to me. There's like illustrations. It tells you what cosmology is. So a little background, it says the modern definition of the science of cosmology is the scientific investigation that deals with the current structure, origin, evolution, and the future of the entire universe as a physical system. And the goal of this field of science is to create a comprehensive story based upon our best current theories of matter, space, and time to explain that many observations which scientists have accumulated over the years. So what's so interesting to me about cosmology is how it's connected to humanity, the dawn of time, and our universe. And it's definitely connected to the dawn of reason and practical cosmology because prehistorically, humans have always tracked patterns. And I really love this book because it breaks down the prehistoric human ideas in a really easy way by just telling us that it was like a toolbox of ideas that helped groups of humans predict when something was of use to survival and how it would happen. 
So an example is like birds migrating in cadence with the seasons or plants producing berries and seeds at specific times of year or the moon's shape seems to change over the course of 28 days or the sun rises in one direction, which is the east and sets in the opposite direction, which is the west. And at times it slowly changes throughout the year. And it's a cyclical pattern, which is a natural movement. And our ancestors would have recognized these patterns and could have used them patterns to predict events on Earth that were important for their survival. And they would have planned accordingly. So what do I mean by connecting this to astrology? Well, it's interesting because there's a lot of apps for women where we can, you know, track our menstrual cycle in relation to the moon patterns. And women have done that for eons, decades, centuries. Um, when I when I was a kid, my mom, for whatever reason, always had an astrology book. And she did her own chart. And we didn't really take it seriously. Like, my mom wasn't buying papers and magazines to, like, predict her future or her career. But she did her chart. And certain things would line up in her life. Or she would kind of take it with a grain of salt as advice to how to best predict her future or what would be best in her future. And I never really took it seriously until one random day I like picked up the book and I found out more. Well, I found out it was on a cusp, um, which did really track with my personality. But I found out that all my best friends in my neighborhood and even my mom were the same not element, but um, pretty much like the same element as me, which Scorpio, it's water. And so my mom, she's a Cancer and Pisces also gets along with Scorpio in that sense too. And my two best friends at the time were Pisces and Cancer. So it was very interesting. Now, the other thing that I can't explain is usually the opposite of your sign is supposed to be like your mortal enemy. For mine, it's Taurus, but all my best friends in life have always been a Taurus. And I don't know why. I don't know if they these people just gravitate toward me, but it was very interesting. And I remember it was controversial when I was in school because some scientists discovered like a different star pattern. And so they claimed there was like an 18th um, astrology sign. So like everybody's freaking out and be like, well, my, my first sign isn't actually my sign. But I think it's funny because when you do your star chart, you realize that your supposed alignment is set from your birth and it doesn't change at that time. So it's like a snapshot in time of the star map or supposedly to help you better understand yourself. And now I love bibliotherapy, so I love books, but another app that I do love is called Pattern. It's a pattern app and it's based on the more ancient astrology of just watching patterns. And I wouldn't say this app is like, you know, spot on, like nothing's going to be perfect or know me through an algorithm or a mathematical equation. But a lot of the advice on that app is just good and very affirming. And a lot of it is affirmations and kind of cheering on. And I think it's hard to explain the power of not just positivity, but that affirming thought and telling yourself those affirming messages and you know when you're kind to yourself and you're kind to others and you're putting that information out into the universe you know however we're connected to the cosmic world 
for whatever reason, I believe that it does do something good, which is the main reason why I have social media in the first place. And the main reason why I have this podcast in the first place, because even though for the most of my time, I'm usually stuck at home, homeschooling my kids, just being a mom or being a wife, something about putting good vibes out into the universe makes me feel good and it makes me feel like a good human. And I hope that it makes you feel like a good human when you read my Instagram posts or if you listen to this podcast. And so let's talk about patterns and when it comes to dyslexia. And it's interesting because I know there's a lot of people that like do have that feeling of like, oh, I'm special. I'm meant to be here. I've never actually had that feeling. Like, I don't feel special. I don't want fame. I don't want clout. I very much like anonymity. I like not being known. I like my voice being heard on this podcast and I don't have to worry about uploading a video or (laughs) caring about what I look like when I'm recording this. And it's something about, I don't know if that's good or bad. I kind of look at it in like a neutral way, but I do just like the idea of some person across the world listening to this podcast and feeling good about themselves and hopefully, you know, looking up their own astrology to know their own personal traits and, you know, how that can help them throughout the day. And I know a lot of like the criticism is from people of like, oh, well, you know, it can't tell your whole feature. It can't like it's obviously vague information, but I don't see necessarily the bad in that when we have so much negativity in our world already. What is wrong with some positivity in a vague way that can help people feel better about themselves, especially when we see these patterns in our world? Like my birthday. Why else would I celebrate a single day out of the year that's a very random day? It's because I was born. And it was so interesting when I did have kids of my own because the simple idea of astrology is like, you know, obviously back in the day, women didn't have like progesterone or certain chemicals to artificially start the birthing process or they didn't have always access to a cesarean um, or a c-section so in many ways you know the time and place of your birth was very unknown in 2023 you can pretty much you know schedule when you want to give birth to your children um for me i would go ahead and tell people like i did plan my kids and I'm not saying that to be have a superiority complex at all but I have this book called momstrology and (laughs) it tells you for each sign like what are your strengths as a parent and it shows you the most compatible signs for the children that you will have and my children are Aquarius and Pisces and my father is Aquarius and all my best friends in life have been a Pisces. So I knew those were kind of like the ages of children or the the year of birth of children I would want. Um, we did plan it so that they were no less than two years apart. 
um, just because we did research and found out, you know, like a woman's body doesn't really heal any faster than 18 months minimum. And my husband had a family history and I had a family history of women having complications with their bodies. So, and ultimately, I mean, it was a selfish thing because we didn't want to pay extra if I had a bunch of health issues. So we were literally trying to find like, what is the most healthy option where we could have kids close in age and we could afford their birthdays because we have spring kids and it makes life easier in the long run because, well, we were hoping public school would work out so they could go to public school earlier. But also whenever Christmas toys go on sale, they're right there for the taking for our kids' birthdays. And so it's a lot easier. Like if we can't get everything during Christmas time, we could just watch the clearance rack and usually stock up and they'll be happy on their birthday. And even for clothes, like it was very strange because they had a similar pattern when it came to growth because a lot of the clothes or the patterns or the growth spurts that they had were only a month different but they were very similar. And so when it comes to nature, even when we're homeschooling now, I've always noticed that homeschool communities do pay attention more to moon phases, explaining moon phases and tracking moon phases and also the seasons and doing arts and crafts during certain seasons and not just celebrating like the consumerist holiday, but celebrating I mean, obviously, there's some families that are like fully pagan and like do the whole year of the wheel. And I'm like, I look, I envy those families. Like, I don't have necessarily the patience or the budget to do that all the time. (laughs) But it's very cool to see how in different cultures and different societies, we've kind of collectively celebrated the seasons and the change of the season in a certain way and usually it is in a family-friendly way for all ages and so when it comes to patterns and it comes to astrology I still go to my monstrology book like I have a former best friend who I've reconnected with recently and she's currently pregnant and she's a Taurus and I sent her the stuff I'm like listen you're gonna be a really good mom and I know that's so important just because, I mean, I know nobody takes astrology seriously, but when it comes to motherhood and there's like such a lack of fundamental support for motherhood and there's so many questions around motherhood, there's like, you know, oh, did you get this bottle? Did you get this pacifier? And there's so much criticism and sometimes even toxic like competition when it comes between like friends that are pregnant that... I really envy the past societies of women that banded together and were more collaborative with information when it comes to pregnancy. Like I envy other countries where they do have maternity leave and they do have like a built-in schedule for the elders and the older women in the community to take care of the new mothers and to cook for the new mothers and help clean for the new mothers where I didn't have that luxury. I know like a lot of other families do, but I was largely on my own. And whenever I have experience that I didn't necessarily felt like benefited me the most, I always kind of want to help others to prevent them from being the same situation that I was in. And so when it comes to astrology, 
it's only helped me in life. It's never really hurt me. I've never had like a horoscope that I've read that I fully 100% believed in and then I got my hopes up and then they were let down. Like it's never been that way. It's just been kind of like this nice piece of advice from like a cosmic friend that I've never met. And if the advice helps me, great. If it doesn't help me, okay, it's not a big deal. And so an example would be in this book. So when I looked up my children, let's talk about my firstborn. So it says um, the Aquarius child, they're going to be a water bearer is their symbol. And the funny thing is, is that my, (laughs) my kids do love space. And my daughter actually has already been interested in like the birth stones, the birth flowers, and all the traits that comes with being her sign. And I'm, I'm telling y'all, like, without even telling her this information, purple is already her favorite color. Amethyst is already her favorite stone, even before she knew it was her birthstone. And also, it was kind of fun because obviously one of her favorite shows is Steven Universe. So they connect with a lot of um, stones and gems. But it helped encourage her to read because she liked this information and she connected with it. Um, so a lot of it is funny because, um, it does match my daughter where it says like on a good day, they're very funny. They're easygoing. They're original, open-minded on a bad day. They're going to be anxious, unpredictable, rebellious, and disruptive. Um, a lot of their likes, which is funny because my dad is the same sign as her and they're very free thinking people who aren't afraid to be themselves. Their dislikes are injustice and closed mindedness. And that's my daughter to a T. Um, for my son, since it's easy because he's right next, um, his cosmic rulers or planets that they go by are Neptune and Jupiter. And one of his favorite planets to talk about and learn about and study is Jupiter. And definitely when it comes to element of water, I, I wouldn't say that's always been my element when it comes to being a Scorpio, I definitely feel better when I do drink water and I've like enjoyed being near water, but mostly like rivers and lakes. I don't really like the ocean. My mom likes it way more, but my son, anytime that he had like a very dysregulating experience, he loved to play in the bath and for whatever reason, or he'd play in the sink. He'd, he'd stop up the sink and just play in the sink. And thank goodness he didn't make like huge messes, but he loved it. And so on a good day, he's very compassionate. He's very artistic. That's very true. He's um, very supportive. He's like the best little brother for my daughter because they cheer each other on. Um, on a bad day, it says they're manipulative, which I mean, I don't think fundamentally kids are manipulative, but my son, I can see how he will be when he's older. Um very overwhelmed, can be mean, um, likes music and dance. That's number one for both of my kids. They love, I can just put on music and they'll love it. The funny thing is photography and film. Now my, my dad, he is my daughter's sign and he's always loved photography, but my son, like when we went to a, uh, a concert earlier in the summer, like a good way to, keep him occupied was to give him like this little digital camera I have and he just had a ball dancing and taking pictures and it was like a game changer for us because he just had fun taking pictures um 
And then also dislikes are being told to be realistic. That's definitely him. Um, sensory overload, too many tall buildings and loud noises. And this book is really like great just for an affirming parent standpoint because it gives you realistic ideas of how to parent in a way that is abstract, which I think is important with neurodiversity because it's nice to have a guideline, but yeah, you don't want specifics and you're not going to get specifics from any kind of parenting book, but this is like a good frame of reference to just have an idea of how to parent, but you still keep your own child in mind. And then what I love about it is it talks about parenting as a mom and like how my sign deals with it. And like, I'll never forget, like I looked it up randomly one time, just like with Google and like, it said like, what, what is an example of two Scorpios and a couple? And it's very much Sopranos. Like we're very loyal. We're not going to turn on each other. And it's funny because I wouldn't say like me and my husband are very private, but we're not shy to tell people like how loyal we are to each other. And I think sometimes that is very off putting for other people to understand because they don't always get it. And it's not like we're trying to impress other people. We are just very confident in our own relationship and we like it to be known that we are very loyal to each other, if that makes sense. And so how do I connect this to neurodiversity? Well, so <laughs> when it comes to me and my husband's personalities, our star signs very much explain us and also our neurodivergent personalities because we are very passionate and we are very intense people. And you wouldn't necessarily know this just by meeting us, but we are very deeply emotional and we share like a deep, we can't really explain it to people, but there's like some sort of deep emotional bond. Like I did not believe in true love or, you know, what is it? The like, like star-crossed lover kind of situation thing until I met my husband and, like, even when we did, like, our family history together, like, thank goodness we're not related. But there are several times in history where our ancestors could have met or it's very, like, very coincidental. But we have a very strong commitment to our family and our family life. So when our children are both very creative and independent, it does work well with us. So that's why I kind of, like, I'm proud to be a neuroaffirming parent, but I want people to understand, like, this isn't by chance all the time. Like, we did plan our children. We did discuss having children even before marriage. And me and my husband are very much, I wouldn't even say planners, but when we set a plan, we stick to it. Um, And it helps us for whatever reason um but also what's built into kind of all of our different star signs and traits is that we do respect differences and we emphasize the value of each family member's unique qualities so an example is like me my husband can be very intense um our daughter can be very unconventional and our son can be very empathetic 
Now, do these qualities always collaborate or mesh well together? Not really, but when we do work as a family, it's a very fun dynamic. And so I think it's important to put a disclaimer. I'm not in like an astrologist or anything. Like I'm just a fan. So when it comes to astrology, these are just personality traits and tendencies. They don't define a person's entire character. You're still an individual. You're still unique. You're still going to have your own family background. You're going to have your own DNA. You're going to have your own genetics, your epigenetics. All that comes into play. Um, And it can change like between your upbringing, your personal experiences, your personal values. But the key to a neuroaffirming family or a family that employs the information of astrology is mutual respect, communication, and understanding of each person's individuality. And we try to find that balance and support each other in our innately unique qualities. So how do I connect this to string theory? So I know a lot of people probably won't agree with me or they won't like this, but I think it's hard to negate the fact of astrology but then you understand that everything's possibly connected and that it's probably connected through tiny strings or vibrations of tiny strings. And that reminds me of how neurodiversity, there's so much overlap. There's so much uh, that connects us versus divides us. And So when it comes to neurodiversity, it's not hard for me to separate how, you know, the spectrum isn't linear. It's not a line. It is a circle. And we all have our individual spiky profiles. And a lot of those profiles, like spikes are strings. So that's what reminds me of that. And when it comes to cosmology and how it connects to the universe and how it explains evolution, I don't see neurodiversity as separate from that because it is an essential part of human evolution and our broader cosmic story. Because essentially we are probably just stardust. And that doesn't scare me. I I feel like it's not a bad thing if we are connected to the universe in more ways than one. And, you know, like, I'm open if people, you know, call me like, oh, she's, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's off her rocker. But... It makes me feel good to know that there is a connection somehow in the world. And definitely when it comes to neurodiversity, like I can't like it's funny because (laughs) I got a fun little neuroscience book I got on hold from the library. And the only reason that we have EEGs to this day is because the guy who created it um, had the idea when he was in a war and he avoided getting shot by artillery. And he believed, he was like, wait, is telepathy possible? Because in a similar time frame, his sister sent a telegram asking if he got shot and if his well-being was okay. And I know that's like a huge topic to be studied because a lot of people do believe that like siblings have telepathy or that uh, twins have telepathy or somehow. And me and my husband have had, un- like we cannot explain it, experiences where I, like we've been dead silent. And I'll bring up a topic and he'll look at me and be like, are you reading my brain? 
Like, I was just thinking that. What are you talking about? Like, that's weird. That's creepy. Are you reading my brain? And it doesn't scare me. <laughs> like, it's funny because, like, it just amuses me. But it is interesting to think, like, what if... Because, I mean, there's a lot of times on social media, like, there's a lot of accounts I love that will share similar posts. And are we just a part of the algorithm? Are we all just seeing the same pattern? Are we responding to that same pattern? I don't know. Um, I hope somebody in neuroscience world is investigating that or doing research because that would be so cool to understand. But essentially, I want to thank you so much for listening to this off the wall oddball episode. Um, I want to emphasize the importance of understanding and accepting people. Um, you might not realize that some people use astrology to remember certain things. I, it, I've talked about this before that it's really helped me in school, remember birthdays, remember dates, remember, uh, family and friends. Um, a good kind of hack. If you're don't know what to gift somebody, Google their astrology and just search like gifts for this star sign. You might be surprised. It comes up with like a lot of good gift ideas. Um, (laughs) but I hope that any study of cosmology or any study of neuroscience helps us bridge the gaps of division between humanity. I hope that we move toward a more inclusive future and that hopefully one day we'll see everybody accept neurodiversity and understand the beauty of diverse patterns, whether it's in the stars or within ourselves as humans. I really just want to encourage my audience to try and appreciate the unique patterns that you see every day and see if you have a connection to your astrology sign or if you see a connection to neurodiversity. Um, But ultimately, thank you for listening. You didn't have to. Um, I just want to express my gratitude to everybody that has been listening um, and who has been following me since I started this journey. I. I'd like to say that it was maybe by a connection of cosmology, but I don't think so. (laughs) Um, I mean, hopefully you're here listening because you're interested in neurodiversity affirming practices. Um, But really, I'm just thankful that you are here. But please remember that this episode is fully my just opinion. It's not a fact in any way. Um, But every human is unique. And... Anything that you've heard today might be a strategy that works for you or it might work for somebody else. Just please be willing to adapt and evolve your approach as you learn more about neurodiversity and affirming practices and maybe try to incorporate some of these things that you've heard today in your ongoing journey of learning, empathy, and growth as a neuroaffirming individual. But don't forget to connect with us on social media. You can visit my Etsy shop that I have now. You can visit my Payhead shop if you're interested in neurodiversity coaching. But I hope that you're going to subscribe and like and maybe leave a review and look forward to some great episodes I have coming with some really awesome guests. Um, until then, please explore cosmology, Google it, look it up, uh, keep celebrating neurodiversity, and hopefully you consider yourself now a neurodiversity individual, but look out for new episodes bi-weekly on Wednesdays, and
This is your host, the 31-year-old neuroaffirming parent, signing off.